This is the Victory Podcast. Every week, we'll share an inspiring message about God's grace and forgiveness for you, wherever you're at in life. Your victory starts now. Let's pray. Lord God, we ask that this would be a time of of reflection and renewal, a time where we we get to to think and think and be blown away because of who you are and your generosity. We ask, Lord, that you would open up our hearts and open up our eyes and to see how you've blessed us and to see your promises of blessing. We pray this in the powerful and saving name of Jesus. Amen. I'll be honest, man. I love fun surprises, okay? And let me give you an example of this, one that I really love. I thought it was great. Bayside Christian Church was holding a conference, okay? It was about 11.30 in the morning, just before lunchtime, when one of the staff members called up a local pizza delivery place and asked for a pizza to be delivered. The pizza delivery person comes to this large church pulls up uh, by the welcome doors and walks in, greeted by the welcome team, and then ushered up by the stage, by a room just off the stage like we have here, and told that the speaker was the one who ordered the pizza, and he'll be through in just a minute, and he'll pay for the pizza then. Okay? And, And so she's just off stage. It's right before noon. The speaker wraps up, but instead of going off stage to pay for the pizza, he calls for the pizza delivery, this case, a single mom, woman, to come forward in front of everybody, okay? Surprise, all right? And and, and so she walks out, she's got blue jeans on, a black short sleeve t-shirt, and she's got her tattoo showing, okay? She comes out with the pizza box, the speaker to ask her in front of everybody, how much do I owe you? She says, 2606. Guy goes, okay. And he pulls out $40, gives her the $40, and says, keep the tip. Okay, keep the rest for your tip. That's not bad, right? Okay, that's not bad. That's more than 50% on the tip. I think if the waiters and waitresses and delivery people today got 50% on every order, we wouldn't see all those help wanted signs by restaurants, right? Okay, so he says, Here's the 40 bucks, you can keep the rest, it's, it's your tip. But all everybody else in the conference area, it's packed, starts to kind of chuckle because they're in on it, right? And, and the girl is kind of like, what's going on? And, and the speaker goes right away before she can leave off stage, he goes, well, actually, uh, we want to give you a better tip than that. Uh, before you got here, we passed the basket and we took a collection for you and we want that to be your tip. And as he's saying this, the guy comes from where she was at with this big five-gallon white bucket full of money. They've counted it. It's just over $3,400. And they give it to the girl as their tip, $3,400. Surprise! You know, wow! That's amazing. The girl was blown away. She, she was shaking. She literally stumbled off stage and out to her car. The surprise 
of generosity. Okay? Surprise of generosity. Tonight, as, as we get together and start our, our Thanksgiving celebrations, we're actually also going to be wrapping up our, our teaching series that we've been in, which is entitled, Before You Lose Your Faith. And, and tonight, what we're going to talk about, because we know, we know, right, that there are some people who have left the Christian church or who are considering leaving the Christian church or who are keeping the Christian church at arm's length or longer because they think that the church just wants their money. You might be surprised by the generosity of God. Let's go back into history. As we go back into history, it was Christians who used their time, their talents, and their money to meet the needs of the people. Okay. For example, in Acts chapter 2, when the church was brand new, just starting out, people inside the church were selling their property, selling their possessions so that they could give to the poor. Just a couple of chapters later in Acts chapter 6, the, the new Christian church forms a new ministry that is going to take care of the widows. Because understand, back in that day, the widows really didn't have an opportunity or way of providing for themselves, so the church stepped in and did it. In 1 Corinthians chapter 16, we find that the, the Christian church uh, takes a collection, forms a treasury so that they can help the needy and the poor in far away and distant places. Go back into history too, and what you'll find is that hospitals had their start with Christianity, right? That's why hospitals are named like St. Luke's or St. Mary's or Freighter Lutheran, like it was in the old days. It was the Christian church that made places for the poor and the homeless. And even more recently, going back over the, the sea to, to Switzerland, it was the Red Cross that was started by Christians. Where did all that compassion and generosity come from? That's what we want to look at tonight. Where did all that compassion and generosity come from? And so we're going to turn to the Bible, the, the first book in the New Testament, the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 25, verses 14 to 30. And what we're going to see there is a parable about the last times, okay? The last times of the world, a parable. And so what that is, is an earthly story with a heavenly meaning, Okay, so as, as we go in and I start to read this story, understand this, that when I, when I talk about a master in this story, it's talking about God. And when I talk about servants, and we'll talk a little bit more about that a little bit later, but when I talk about servants, that's really talking about you and me. All right, so let's jump in. Verse 14, again, it, the kingdom of God, will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, and to another one bag, each according to his ability. And then he went on his journey. Okay. 
So let's, let's start to pick this apart a little bit. That word servant, that refer to you and me, uh, that's not the word that is equal to employee, okay? Uh, the, the servant here is not the employee. The employee, you know, this person couldn't go up to the boss and go, hey, can I have Thanksgiving off? Uh, can I have a, a pay raise? Can I take this vacation there? This, this person could not go to the master and, and say, you know, I, I'd like a raise. Uh, this person could not go, I've had it with this job, I quit. This person could not go out on their own and start their own job because this person, the servant, was actually a slave, okay? Now, as we talk about slaves, and we're back in this story, at this setting, understand there is a difference between Roman slavery and the barbaric slavery that you and I know of from our U.S. history, okay? In U.S. history, our slavery was barbaric and ethnocentric. In Rome, there were a couple of different ways that a person could become a slave. One way is if that big nation Rome, that was the conquering powerful uh, world power of the day, if Rome went and conquered a country, they could make people slaves. The second common way that a person could be a slave in that day was through bankruptcy, okay? If they ran on to economic hard times, maybe they, they invested highly in something and it went belly up and they had all this debt. Then because there were no bankruptcy laws and things like that, they still had that debt remaining. What they had to do was sell themselves and maybe even their family into slavery, okay? So... Keep in mind now, as we're talking, Roman slavery is different than the kind of slavery that we had in our country. Keep in mind, God never approves of slavery. He's just talking about the reality of what was going on. And then also in this setting, remember now that these people who are slaves might actually be super bright, super intelligent, really gifted. They just had a stroke of bad luck they might be well, well gifted past their master, okay? Now two, okay, if that designation of the word slave is hard to understand, I get it, okay? I understand. Many of you will know this though. As we look into the scriptures, the scriptures calls all of us slaves, the only question is, is whether we're gonna be a slave to sin, and we know what that looks like, right? Or a slave to Christ. Okay, so that's the explanation of the servant and stuff like that. But as I was reading through that, did you catch the surprise that happened? The master has these people in front of them and he entrusts them with his wealth. He entrusts them with his wealth. You wouldn't expect a master to do that with a slave, right? 
He entrusts them with his wealth. And we're not talking about like five or 10 bucks or something like that. Okay, it's five bags of gold or two bags of gold or one bag of gold. And each bag is worth at least a million bucks. Okay, and so as the master goes through and he gives one five million, another two million, another one million. Understand those people are, they got smiles all around. This is good stuff, man. I came in here with nothing. Now I've got millions. This is awesome, all right? And so he entrusts them with his wealth, says, see you later, I'll be back, okay? For you and me, What's important for us to understand at this point in the story is that absolutely, absolutely everything you and I have, every possession we have is a gift from the master, from God. All of our possessions, all of our relationships, all of our abilities have been poured out onto us, have been entrusted to us from God. James 1:17 says this, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights. Okay? Five million, two million, one million. But here's what I know. I, I know that some of us here, in the middle of this generosity story, are going, hey, wait. How come one got five million? Why, how come one got two million? How come one only got one million? That's not fair. How come he didn't divide it all up evenly? Here's why we think it's unfair. Because you and I are more concerned about the bag than the bag giver. Hmm? You and I are more concerned about the money instead of God. You and I are concerned about the bag instead of the bag giver. So when the guy that gets only $1 million and the other's got $2 million and $5 million, we feel bad. That's not fair. And we miss out on marveling at the joy of the generosity of the master. It's an amazing blessing. To say that the master in the story is generous is an understatement. To say that those people who received the gift, the blessing, that they, they weren't blessed is crazy. To say they were blessed was an understatement too. And you see, the master's so good at gift giving, he gives each according to his own ability. It's not a one size fits all gift. It is a gift that's just right for the person. Okay. Imagine you have like a 38 year old pilot and someone gifts them a plane. Oh, that's cool. If you give a three-year-old the same plane, what's with that, right? God gives us in his generosity exactly what is perfect and right for you and me, okay? So quick question I have for you before we go on. As you consider your relationship with God tonight, has God given you five bags 
Or has God given you two bags? Or has God given you one bag? Hmm? Let's go back to the story and see what they did with the generosity that was entrusted to them. It says, the man who had received five bags of gold went out at once and put his money to work and gained five bags more. So also the one with two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. The slave who had received the five bags of gold, the $5 million, he went off at once and put that money to work. He was aggressive. He was buying businesses up. He was hiring people and everything. Uh, He knew, he understood the assignment, okay? He understood the assignment to improve his master's assets, okay? The guy who got $2 million, Same thing, went out at once, put that money to work, buying, investing, creating jobs and all of that. He too understood the assignment to improve his master's assets. And the one who got one bag, $1 million, he went out at once, grabbed a shovel and started digging a hole in the ground and buried his million bucks and covered it up. Story goes on. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I've gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with two bags of gold also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I've gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness, okay? Let's go back to that Roman slavery thing, So the slave would, in Roman times too, work all day long. And if the master came home and was tired and and the slave was tired, the master rested and the slave picked up where he left off and kept on serving the master, But did you see what happened here in the story? The slave, the the person's been working all day long, working really hard. The master comes home and sees all that the person has done and goes, oh man, well done, good and faithful servant. The master praises the person and gives him more responsibility because he's proven that he can handle it. And then he says, Then the master says, check it out. He says, come and share your master's happiness. You don't see that in slavery, right? But you see it here because what this is letting us know is this is letting us know a whole lot about our master, about our God. It tells us about his character. Let's go on. 
Then the man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew that you were a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid. And I went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here's what belongs to you. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed? Well, then you should have put my money on deposit with the banker so that when I returned, I would have, would have received it back with interest. So take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has 10 bags. For whoever has will be given more and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. And throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. What's the difference? Even though the one who received that one bag of gold, that million dollars, even though he had received generosity from the master, he didn't really know the master. He knew of the master, but he didn't know the master. And so he lived his life out in fear. I don't know if you've seen this billboard or not, but and I've seen it on the highways and sometimes I've seen it as a meme on Facebook too. And, and the billboard says, don't make me come down there, signed God, Right? Don't make me come down there. And maybe we can think of, you know, like the kids are playing in the basement. It's getting loud. And the dad calls out, don't make me come down there. Right? I wonder how often we think about God like that. He sees all the horrible stuff going on in the world. He's angry, disgusted. And, and not just that the world, we think that he's he's. Looking at us in the same way, you know, all the good that we haven't done, the bad that we have, and we're just kind of waiting for God to come down and punish us. But you need to know this. That's not the heart of God. Here's the heart of God from the scriptures. But when the kindness and love of God, our Savior, appeared, he saved us, not because of the righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Spirit. You see, in a few weeks, we're going to celebrate God coming down. But God didn't come down to condemn. God came down to save. God came down in unconditional love. It has nothing to do with how we act or how we don't act. It's all about God and his unconditional love. Do you know God? Or do you know of God? 
Or maybe tonight you're being reminded of the real heart of God for you. You see, if we only know of God, the likelihood is like 100% that we're gonna live our lives in fear. And we're gonna try to convince God that, that he should love us. We're gonna try to compare ourselves to other people and put them down so that we look better. So God, love me. Look how good I am. And I think you can see that that's really a very, very dysfunctional relationship, right? But when we know God, the heart of God, his unconditional love for us, and that he provides everything that we have in generosity, then we can lead our lives in love and whimsical generosity because we know that God will provide. See, here's the deal for me anyway, right? If God never, ever blesses me again, ever, I'm already so blessed. He's already canceled the debt of my sin. He has not treated me as my sins deserve. He has come down to me, adopted me into his family through baptism and has called me his own child. He has given me meaning, purpose, identity, and hope in my life for this life and forever. That's a generous, generous, generous God. How generous is God? He gives five bags of gold, two bags of gold, one bag of gold, each according to their own ability. And then he gives himself two. He doesn't give of himself. He gives his whole self to you and me. That's generosity. See, God loves you. He's invested everything you have in you. He's invested everything he is in you. Surprise. Everything God is, he's invested in you. That's way more than millions of dollars. It's awesome. God loves you that much that he's invested everything he is in you right there. And now it's our turn to respond. It's our turn 
to be generous because we know that God is generous with us. We know that God will always provide, that God's love for us is unconditional. So ushers, if, if you want to go ahead and, and grab the offering baskets, uh, you can. At, at, at Victory, usually, right, when we, we do our offering, our offering is for our members and regular attenders only. But today's Thanksgiving, we celebrate Thanksgiving. We see how God has blessed us. And, and so today, as we do our offering here at Victory, our offering time is for everybody here. Members, regular attenders, and guests. Surprise! Mm-hmm. But some of you know this. The surprise is that the offering is already in the baskets. And as the baskets go by, every family is to take one envelope for their family. One envelope per family, okay? And as you get it, please don't open it up yet. We'll do that in a moment because you're just gonna revel in the generosity, right? For those of you worshiping online, You can get in on the fun by submitting a connection card on the top of your screen or in the video description. And you will see how you can get involved when you indicate that you're worshiping online. So ushers, come on forward and uh, take an offering. One envelope per family, please. Okay, as the last envelopes are are being passed out, you can go ahead and and open up your envelope now and, and just hold on to it for a minute, but go ahead and open it up. For those of you worshiping online, you saw when you indicated that you were worshiping online, you had the, you know, you gave us your address and we're gonna send you a $25 gift card. And or if uh, you've marked it that way, we will donate that $25 to the Waukesha Community Fund because of that horrific, tragic thing that happened there this past Sunday, okay? So what I'd like you to do now, for those of you here at the ministry center, when I call out the denomination, uh, uh, the numerical denomination, if you have that amount, please raise your hand, okay? So if you got five or $10, Raise your hand. Good, because we didn't put any of those in there. (laughs) Right? Surprise, that's good. (laughs) That's good, Debbie, thank you. (laughs) We did put in 20s. If you received a 20, go ahead and raise your hand. Right, awesome, thank you. If you received a 50, raise your hand. Oh, very cool. Awesome. If you received $100, please raise your hand. All right. Thank you very, very much. God has blessed us richly. God is the God of generosity. He is the first and most generous giver of all, giving so much that he gave us his all. He gave us his son. Because of that generosity, the leadership team here and the link committee campaign here 
has donated $7,000 between us here at the Ministry Center and people worshiping online to make a difference in our community. And so I encourage you, go into our community and have fun. Be generous. Offer the surprise of generosity. You're free to come up with any idea that you want to in way that you can bless someone. Just do that and have fun. You're free to get together, talk with one another, come up with some ideas, pull your money and do that. And if you're here tonight and it's kind of a tough time and you have a need, then that offering's for you. Because you see, God will provide. Our God is a generous God. And as you go out into the community, whether that's our, our Franklin area community or maybe a different community, for those of you worshiping online or our guests here too, just understand that when you share generosity, the generosity of Jesus, you might just be the answer to someone's prayer. You just might be the encouragement that someone needs. Someone might just be blown away and go, I thought the church was about getting my money. And that might lead them to check Jesus out either the first time or all over again so that they too like you and me could see that our God is a generous God. Our God loves us unconditionally and our God will provide. Let's pray. Lord God, we sang earlier, you're a good, good father. God, you're a good, good father. Thank you for blessing us richly and in so many different ways. From possessions to abilities to relationships, including our relationship with you. Lord God, help us to, to drink deeply of your love, to receive of your generosity to the degree that we're moved to live our lives in love for you and love and generosity for all people. We pray this in your name, Jesus, who gave it all for us. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Victory Podcast, brought to you by Victory of the Lamb in Franklin, Wisconsin. For video sermon archives, more information about us, and to let us know how we can meet you where you're at, go to victoryofthelamb.com.